Listen, there are spoilers ahead for the manga that we read, which includes One Piece, Boku no Hero Academia, Chainsaw Man, Jujutsu Kaisen, and Dr. Stone. Oh, and uh, solo leveling. Right, and solo leveling. But we may talk about others. Who knows what we're going to get into. The point is, there are spoilers ahead. Enter at your own risk. Hey guys, welcome to the Weekly Spate. Uh, happy Sunday, hope you're doing well. I'm Dylan, that's Jake, and we're here to talk about some manga. But, up top, we have some unfortunate news. If you're at all involved in the manga community, then you already know, One Piece has been suspended till October 16th because uh, Oda Sensei is uh, in poor health. So of course, everyone out there Put your hands up. Give your energy to Oda. We we need him to live. It's my personal nightmare. I, I haven't done any actual research on it. I just saw the one little thing that was put out, like a headline that was on our One Piece or whatever, that was like, you know, it's suspended for a couple weeks due to Oda's health. You haven't seen any, like, details or anything? No, I, I'm going to guess it's a fatigue-related illness. The guy's been working 20-hour days every day for 20, 20 years. years. Yes. Plus, <laughs> um... Uh, I sincerely hope it's nothing COVID related. Yeah, um, dude. Oh my God. The ultimate. The, this brings up something that we've talked about a lot because my, uh, our roommate is uh, cracking a beer right next to us. That's okay. That's I'm a, drinking a beer. We're, yeah, we're all we're, drinking we're beers. All drinking beers. Uh, thank you, Yingling Corp. This is the power of, of Yingling Daibatsu. Uh, <laughs> Anyway. Free product place. Yeah, well, it's a product that I believe in. Uh, actually, I shouldn't say that. They're, they took a pro-Trump stance. <laughs> Maybe I don't want to say that. We're spinning off here. We're spinning off. Yeah, yeah. Okay, moving forward. Something that I have been worried about since I was a kid was what happens to One Piece if something happens to Oda. You know, it's not like American comics where a writer will pick up a story and do a run with it. One Piece is Oda. It all comes out of his brain. So I figure in lieu of uh, a chapter this week, we can we can have a discussion about something that we've talked about a bunch. Now, I don't want to put words in your mouth. I do believe you said to me that it was theoretically possible that were Oda to for some reason not be around anymore, his assistants could finish the story. Could satisfyingly land the plane. And that is where I have to, I, I, I don't know. I, let, uh, let me offer my case. Okay, go for and, it. You know, it, it should be appropriately qualified with statements such as, Oda is the goat. The reason why I love One Piece so much came, it's, it's purely a brainchild of Oda, you know. Yeah. I, the, the, no one can say that this was, you know, Oda was, inspi was inspired by a couple things, sure. You know, he takes inspiration as any artist does from anywhere. But this is a, a glorious entire universe and, like, very long story arc that was all conceived of by Oda, all the work was done by Oda, etc. So, qualifiers out of the way. I would, I would offer two plot points, not plot points, I would offer two arguments <laughs> as to why I would think that, potentially, as a One Piece fan, if Oda... If anything were to happen to Oda such that he weren't able to finish the rest of the story, I could still see myself enjoying a satisfying ending to One Piece as a manga. The first, there is such thing as good One Piece filler. 
Uh, one. There's one good One Piece filler. It's G8, and that's it, pretty much. But point taken, it does exist. It, it, it's, I, it, the only thing I needed to prove is, is there a universe where it's possible? Yes, that's true. So, yeah. uh, by the way, just a quick aside, if you're a One Piece manga reader or an anime watcher or both, and you haven't watched G8, Go back and do that on a rainy day. It's like 10 episodes or so. Honestly, our spiciest take that I think we could have is I would almost replace G8 with Long Ring, Long Run. Yeah, yeah. replace Long Ring, Long Run, which is technically canon, yeah. but garb, <laughs> with G8, which is technically filler. So it falls, literally falls after Skypea. You know, coming down from Skypea, they, uh, instead of just falling into the ocean and then ending up at Long Ring, Long Run, they fall directly into the middle of a hedgehog fort in that's a marine fort. So they're, you know, in the middle of this like basically volcano volcano type island that's their strongest uh foothold in in the grand line until you get to Marineford. And they pride themselves, you know, on being this hedgehog fortress. And it's just a really cool little ten episode arc where it's like the Straw Hats fighting to get out of this thing. It introduces a lot of new concepts into the story that perfectly tee up Water 7, like the health of the Mary. You know, there's a, uh, like a marine engineer who, um, you know, he, like, is diagnosing the Mary, and he can see that it's well-loved for, and even, like, the Clabouterman is, is slightly teased in there. Uh, a lot of the concepts that Aokiji brings up with regards to the Marines and the stuff that you see in Eni's lobby starts to become apparent in G8. It's just a really well done arc. I, I agree. And, uh, I, agree. I, I think to me that that gives me a little hope that somebody else could, working within the confines that Oda has set up, maybe even execute something to a greater degree than Oda would have had. So the, it's, it's just an injection of a little creativity. Here's that, my that counter argument to that, though. We, we know that Oda has the end of One Piece in his brain. Mm -hmm. I would hope that he has told somebody what the ending is, probably his assistants, but... Okay, just as an example, I'm pretty sure that D&D, uh, &D, who are writing Game of Thrones, got the bullet points of the end of Game of Thrones from, from Martin, and they still fucked it up so badly. Now, there's a myriad of reasons why they fucked it up. Primarily, they just didn't want to give it enough episodes. But the point being, just having this is what the story is, this is where you want to land it, the reason it's good is because of Oda. I'm skeptical that you could just plug someone else. Like, if... Well, if to be fair, they're not they're not getting people off the street. That's which true. I think... I don't know all that much about this. D&D &D were like... Nobody's. Yeah, pretty much. I, I, they like conned their way. They, into they getting got the, the job because they correctly guessed a, a major plot point in the story. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, that being said, One Piece is a very different story. Um, I, I wasn't going to cite this as an argument, but I do think that of any major manga, Oda has set the ending up so well that you, you know, one of us could write at least plot wise. And ending to you can see, and we'll get into this when we discuss the theory. Yeah, we we have a, we have an upcoming One Piece episode that's big time. So yeah, the theory exactly. Anyway, so I, I wasn't even going to cite this as as one of my plot points. It feels a little, or one of my argumentative points. It feels a little flimsy, but it you know just one thing to keep in mind is that uh, 
you, you know, there's there's a, a natural feeling to the way it's it's geographical. You know that there's a, a finishing point to One Piece. It's it's not like something like Naruto where you would even imagine like something. You know. Yeah. Uh, oh, big reversal! Like this is actually being controlled by this, which leads <clears throat> me to my actual last plot point argument point. Uh, the way that stuff gets ruined in manga to me in terms of, you know, landing the plane is not boringness. It's too, it's making it too wild. No, I, so well, I, but I, I think that like an assistant led team or something would not go super crazy with like introducing random shit at the end. They, they would be a little <sighs> timid, which I'm fine with. One Piece has a ton of loose ends. Well, that's that's really the thing is for me, this is a special case because this has been going on pretty much the entirety of my conscious life. I started enga like engaging with One Piece in the fourth grade. I was nine, so I have so much hype built up in this end. Craziness is not what I'm concerned at. I'm concerned about we get to the end and they say, "Who is Im? What is the giant straw hat?" Like. Oh, what is the like? They just don't address the the myriad of questions that I have because they don't have time. Well, or outside of this question that we're debating right now, I think you should steal this yourself for the possibility that there are a couple, like hopefully not as big as what's the giant straw hat, but there's probably going to be some loose ends in this story that aren't tied up as satisfyingly as we might hope. I don't need them all to be tied up, but the the, the big, big ones, yeah, for you, sure. Yeah. But it. <clears throat> I, I naturally compare it to Naruto, and I think, and you know, does does an assistant team after like suppose Kishimoto had died, does an assistant team say, you know what, fuck Kishimoto's story, I'm bringing in a rabbit goddess. <laughs> I'm I'm Oda is special because I do believe he's had a plan from the beginning. Just reading One Piece, I do, or reading Naruto rather, there was no plan. They they got to the pain arc and they said. I don't know. I don't know what to do now. <laughs> uh, it, it is different. But to me, that's that's an argument in favor of somebody could land this ship that's not over. I think, yeah, if it if it were to happen, well, if it were to happen and let's let's all pray that this never comes to pass. Yeah. But, you know, you would always say. What what could it have been? Would it have been better? Would it have been different? I, I wanted to have this discussion with you just because it's a manga-related discussion that yeah. we have had in real life, but it's very academic. At yeah. the end of the day, obviously, as people who care about somebody who's made this art that we treasure, like we care significantly about Oda being happy and healthy and yeah. being able to continue this work, and as somebody who wants to enjoy One Piece, <clears throat> I, you know... Mainly wanted to devil's advocate for the position that it could be yeah. done and done satisfyingly by an assistant-led team. The magic here is the genius that is Eiichiro Oda. It's so. undeniable, man. He, the the guy is mind-bogglingly brilliant. Like sometimes I think about how you know you'll look at something in Arlong Park that isn't isn't paid off for years, decade, like a whole decade, and you say, "Wow, this guy." He has the vision. He has the sight. He, it's that that scope and his storytelling sense, but also combined with his like whimsy. Yeah, he, he's got you know this childlike 
you know, his his between his sense of humor being childlike and also his, you know, his ideals. The yeah. things it's it's a very very easily apparent when you read One Piece to get an idea of what you think Oda thinks of as good and just. Yeah, and it's it's perhaps a bit naive. You know, it is a kid's story, but. It feels right. Yeah, you know, it, he feels like a good person. It it he really is dialed into the center of what I what I wanted to hear as a ten year old. Like he he hooked me so deeply that now sixteen years later I'm st- I'm still here. And that's just to to talk about the man as as a storyteller. Yeah, he's also a fantastic artist. Yeah, the 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 way action flows in One Piece, very few manga to me are. Uh, as like clear and easy to tell what's going on in a, in a fight sequence, um, that same sense of whimsy is infused into his character designs and, yeah. and his uh, the color spreads when you see stuff like that. Um, he just got hired by Gucci. To really? Do, yeah. Oh, if you haven't seen this, I got to show it. To yeah, you. that's hilarious. Gucci hired him to do like their like you know fall or winter lookbook or something. So it was outfits that they already had. And they hired Oda to draw. He drew like five of Luffy, two of Zoro, and then one of both of them together, like wearing Gucci. It's Whoa! So cool. That's it's, very. It's, it's cool. really cool. I don't know if Gucci designed it or if Oda designed it, but he has Zoro holding a bag, a Gucci bag that uh, says "fake" across the front, which <laughs> I, like simultaneously seems like a Gucci thing to do, like a very high fashion, like, yeah. oh, fake Gucci bag, so, you know, here's a real Gucci bag that says fake on it, uh, but also is very much an Oda thing to do, they're just like, slap all caps text on some article of clothing, <laughs> sure, make it work, yeah. like, that's just another thing that I love about his Man. art, so. All that to say, we really wish Oda a speedy recovery. Please, whatever God is out there, Oda is our most precious human. He can't, yeah. nothing can happen to him. He needs to uh, get that, that Japanese prime minister contract. Yo, yeah, let's, let's go. Who, what devil do I have to make a contract <laughs> with? Like One Piece fan community contract. <laughs> One One Piece fan will die every month to keep Oda alive. <laughs> All right, no, 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 none of that. I'll give him. I'll give him like a, we'll do a lifespan type of thing. But sure, sure, everyone can shave off one month of their life. Yeah, yeah, no. But in a rolling basis, so it's it's you just have to do it once, and you might never get picked. Dude, line it up. Um, yeah. uh, <laughs> show me the dotted line. This man has to finish it. He deserves it. All right. Yeah. Well, that. Yeah. So should we switch it up this week? And we we, we always talk about like basically the 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 chaff. The big, yeah. Uh, Great manga in their own right, but uh, yeah. Let's 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 zoom through Doctor Stone and solo leveling so that we can we can get to the goods. Doctor Stone one sixty eight. Yeah. Now, th- this chapter was a little bit slower. It, I it previously had said it felt like it was moving, and and then it's not that. Well, it, did you th- do? You fight? I mean, slower in the sense of there weren't people fighting. Well, it was actually fast in the sense of the way that it felt like they. Resolve this stuff. That's what I was gonna say. Is like, you know, the last couple chapters, a lot was happening, and then in this chapter, nothing was happening until the like the last three panels, where it was like, oh, by the way, we've pacified this city, and now we're unified. And when I read it, I said to you, like, I'm not quite following this. So they captured Zeno. They made an alliance with Zeno's city, 
to be like, we're going to be on the same side. But they also said we're going to now have to avoid Stanley because Stanley's going to come after us to capture Zeno. Yeah, we need some more clarification. As Dylan says, this happens in like literally the last two pages yeah. of, of the, the chapter is like uh, Senku announces the, the revival formula. What? How could you yeah. do that? But, you know, all of a sudden he, he basically just says, we're in alliance, we're in alliance, cool. And they're like, <laughs> oh, we're going to have to avoid Senku or uh, avoid Stanley. And they're like, okay, yeah, we'll do that. Um, I guess the idea being he gives them the revival fluid so they can start making workers because he said we need a city of a million people, so go do that. We're going to go do our other thing. And I guess that sets up Stanley as a more recurring villain who's going to keep hounding them. Correct me if I've just forgotten. We haven't really gotten a Stanley backstory or like Stanley's view of the world. We no, got the, Zeno's. The only thing which we seemed like it was retcon super quick. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's got too and much of a boner for science to be a villain. Yeah. The only thing we, we know about Stanley is we, we get the flashback of when they first get petrified and he's like there, you know, when, when the bombs go off. But I don't think we, I don't recall there being anything specifically about him, except he's really loyal to Zeno. Like, yeah. Why, why, if Zeno says, yo, we're, we're chill with these people now. Why is he not well, I don't, chill with that? I, I, what I'm imagining... Because, okay, there's one panel in this that's, like, really weird where, like... The, all right, yeah, we have to talk about yeah. the, the Dr. Zeno baby face. It's it's more than a baby face. He, like, looks like he's, like, in awe of Senku. It's, like, big, wet eyes and, like, super rosy cheeks, and it's just his face. And it's right after Senku... What is he? He says something about science, right? Yeah, he... he He's basically saying, uh, Dr. Zeno, you're the real deal, man. Yeah. And and Zeno is just, like, in awe of Senku now. Which, yeah, you'd think he'd just be like, okay, Stanley, like, I, I, I'm, we're cool now. All, all leading to, we're, we're gonna need more Stanley story to, to really get the grasp on why they're always, like, uh, you know... Not always. Why they said specifically at the end of this chapter, we're gonna need to avoid Stanley. Okay, there's there's some more Stanley explanation. Well, I, I I think the takeaway is Stanley is coming to rescue Zeno. They have Zeno, so he's just gonna keep coming after them. It's not it's not anything about them necessarily. Let him come there and say, Stanley, stop. Yeah, <laughs> we're well, good. Maybe that's maybe that's the next chapter based on yeah. how quickly it, it, things are moving. It, they did this so quickly yeah. that. Both things, the Stanley thing and the exact nature of this alliance and why they would agree to it so quickly. Uh, it, what you said is right. The the last island with the with the petrification bull who had the weapon that took forever. It was so long, and this they just, just breezed right yeah, through. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say one one note I had here was uh, a little bit of potentially because I don't. This feels almost like a like a false climax. Because of how quickly it went. Yeah. But I'm going to say a little bit of, like, be careful what you wish for. Because we both sat here a couple times and said, just keep it pushing, yeah, Dr. Yeah. Stone. Like, just, yeah, I like where it's going, but, you know, just don't tarry as long. And now it happened that quickly. This arc was fine. And I do want to get back to the sort of nation-building type of stuff. Yeah. But I'm like, <clears throat> I don't know if it's a plot uneasiness, like a like an uneasiness for the situation of the main characters, or if it's a 
disappointment with the storytelling, but I'm a little bit weirded out by that sort of resolution. I, I think was... it's the second one. Like, at least I'm a little... I don't think it's a it's a false flag only because at the end of the issue, they do that Corn City founded, like, which that, yeah, the technology that's... screen is like, we did it, we got that it. That doesn't lie. Yeah. And so it seems like... On the one hand, I'm happy because it is what I said. I wanted them to, to get it moving, but this just felt like so anticlimactic, especially because spend the whole issue negotiating. You know why? Like literally yeah. pretty much nothing of substance happens in the, in the first 15 pages of this. Also, it, maybe I'm just too much of an idiot to get this. I don't understand how just exposing the one bargaining chip you had was a good play he said here's the formula like I, well okay so they can't they, they just fucking kill them now and now they know the formula yes that that would, but they made a point <laughs> of saying the guy they're going to negotiate with is like nice he's like a nice guy who wants un, who wants to avoid unnecessary sacrifice i don't know i think overall you're right that's a pretty pretty dumb plan to just lay it out like that yeah well here's what i'm hoping is that this was sort of a one-off chapter he wanted to make something interesting happen at the end of it it was a very short chapter as well so the opening pages of the next chapter hopefully are a little bit more explanation on both the nature of this alliance and the motives like basically why Zeno's group would would agree to it and to what the deal is with Stanley it doesn't seem like we're gonna get the first thing that you want it's at least my reading of it is the corn city is founded, so now we're moving on to the next objective, whatever that is. We're we're you know they're they're basically in the in the Bay Area right now, so they're gonna go into the heartland of America to do something, and Stanley will chase them. That's that's what I'm. They're, what they're, I think they're in like Oregon. I think they're in like the Willamette area. It could be some somewhere in the in the in the west coast yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but but i don't think we're gonna get much more from from stanley's people it, at least it didn't seem like it like none of them besides uh uh stanley and Zeno got much character development no i think everybody maybe stanley has a little squad that he takes with him if he's going to be like a thorn in the side type of thing yeah but it seemed like pretty much everyone from their group besides stanley himself the one person was on board with it yeah We'll have, we'll have to. By the way, it, this is one one sixty seven. We got to be better about saying. No, I, I said one sixty eight at the beginning. Oh, one sixty eight. Don't listen to me, yeah. people. Jake knows. I, not only did I say it, but you were wrong. Yeah. So just, <laughs> just, just relax. It's all. It's all on my master spreadsheet here. There um, you go. The, it's not a spreadsheet. It's a, it's a <laughs> word processing document. Jake does love spreadsheets, though. I, I, I fuck with a good spreadsheet. <laughs> uh, you know, it, elegance. Science is elegant. <laughs> Um, <laughs> the, the only last note I had for Dr. Stone 168 was, uh, Luna really has simps, man. She's Dude. Got, she, she needs an OnlyFans ASAP. Not only, listen, she has mega simps, she's not that great. I don't understand why Not that great. Well, all right, there's two, in two senses of not that great. One is, she's not a capable gal. No, she's not she a, a smooth, smooth operator. operator. No. <laughs> <laughs> you, you blew, I mean, th to be fair, like... There's people who need to tell themselves things. It's yeah. like, Dylan loves to talk about Zen. It's because he's a frenetic, off-the-wall motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, if you met this guy, you'd be like, no, this is not, not Zen. But exactly. like, you have to say, like, I'm doing Zen to to counteract some, some part. So she sucks ass, <laughs> and she, she says, I, Luna, you're a capable gal. You're a capable <laughs> gal. You, know, you can, like, hear her voice cracking as she's going. 
And then the other, she's not that great. There's there's some real baddies in this yeah, world. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Kohaku. Kohaku's is, nice. Is, is top tier. Yeah. And, she, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Luna is... It, they make all the girls that are supposed to be somewhat hot really hot. But yeah. Luna is, is still middle tier. I hope that there's not much more Luna. I'm pretty over-capable gal Luna and her simp squad. I, I'm going to need less of them moving forward. Yeah, if they don't resolve this whole Senku is my boyfriend thing and it becomes a running gag, it's going to be annoying, but... I think being a uh, shonen manga fan to a certain extent is tolerating. Yeah, yeah. That may be fairly unfunny. Okay, let's push forward. Yep. Solo leveling 121. Right. Uh, now, in this, we're again back to nothing, slow. Did you want to know about the politics of the Hunter Association? If so, we got you. I like that a little bit. I like that. So it, it opens with basically something we had already seen or even if we hadn't already seen it you knew to be the case Beru the ant ant man Paul Rudd uh <laughs> one-shotting the arch lich yeah which is pretty sick that's cool and all all the undead disappear and the hunters guild dudes are like yo he essentially solo cleared this dungeon while not even being inside of it his his summons like th this is a category like the the arch lich last time killed s rank hunters and he you know his yeah. summons one shot at it is barrow his strongest summon yeah, yeah. I, I think okay. at this point okay well maybe okay. It, you know depending mm -hmm. on what you're evaluating against maybe that orc wizard or what, what is it orc wizard what tusk yeah he's an orc wizard yeah, yeah um maybe you could consider him stronger for certain things like if you need to incinerate a giant battlefield full of like yeah. fifty thousand enemy combatants, maybe he could kill fifty thousand scrubs faster than Bearer could. But if he's putting up one soldier against a super strong enemy, I yeah. think Bearer is. Yeah. Definitely better than Egret at this point, which has gotta be his point of salt. For yeah, Ygritte. yeah. <laughs> Especially now that we know that there's this like sentience to like favor with the the shadow are they monarch. are they all sentient? Because Barrow is the only one that talks. Uh, Iron, the the one that used to be human, has some pretty like human type facial expressions and and moves and things. But they he's Barrow is the only one that talks. Yeah. You you've read this? Do they, do they talk later? Like do the other summons be, become more like sentient? Not gonna answer that. Okay. Um. I did I did laugh a lot. The the A rank guy who was in charge of clearing the dungeon is like, we can just be support. We yeah. don't have to do anything. He's like, don't don't think about it as leeching. <laughs> think about it as support. Yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a classic. And and we get exposed to something that is resolved later in the chapter, which is that Sung Jin Wu uh, needs a minimum headcount to be able to clear gates. <clears throat> right. So, so basically, you can't just solo clear dungeons. The Hunter's Guild is saying, you know, well, if we just basically provide him a front, uh, you know, an amount of accredited hunter heads that can literally just walk in the gate and stand at the front and let his shadow army go do whatever it wants, then, you know, it's a mutually beneficial relationship, but... Yeah, Sunjin Wu, he's talking to the head of the Hunter Association, who's basically saying, listen, don't leave, we're gonna be fucked if you leave Korea, like, you gotta stay. Because he... he hands him a smartphone and says, look, number of gates worldwide is surging. Yeah. It's like, maybe, you know, maybe could have been alluded to a little bit more or, like, 
maybe you know keep keep your strongest dude a little more appraised of it don't tell him this right after the high school that his sister attends gets fucking attacked yeah you know he could maybe have helped you guys out a little yeah. but this this gets back to my theory that the system whatever it is is for some reason escalating these events i'm get i'm guessing to make sunju move powerful for some purpose that i don't quite know yet but it definitely seems like that's the that's the it's all revolving around him and making him strong for some reason. Yeah, as he notes, uh, <clears throat> quote, something is starting to change when he looks at that, which is a eight hundred IQ thing when you look at a graph. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, I'm making fun of him a bit. He's probably also alluding to like the things he's starting to notice about yeah. the uh, the monsters and whatnot. So, um, the chairman. By the way, I I fuck with the chairman. The chairman's, the chairman's cool. the man. I hope because they they've made multiple references to how he used to be like mega zesty, but now he's old. I'm hoping we can hit him with an age regression beam one time, and he could really pop off. Because I'm trying to see what he could do. Yeah, even without the age regression beam, you gotta love that trope. That's like the you know the suited old person who used to be in action dusting yeah. off the one off one the more skills. ride. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, so you know he says, look. We'll do anything you want to yeah. keep you because we get requests on the daily from every country in the world saying, you know, they everyone wants to recruit you. You're by far the strongest person in the world. Yeah. And uh, he's like, we'll do whatever we want to keep you in Korea. And Sung Jin Woo's request is to have the minimum headcount. About, you know, exempted. Which seems like guilt. such a they make such a stink about it. But like, that's so easy. You know, he's capable of doing it. Just stamp the paper. It's fine. Well, I mean, to be to, just devil's advocate, although this is absolutely idiotic, there's people, you know, what is our organization without the rules? You know, if you say that you're willing to play favorites, that, okay, done devil's advocating. I, I, even I cannot devil's advocate <laughs> for that position any longer than that because this is, this is a matter of national security. Yeah. And, and he's, this guy decides on, on a whim that he doesn't really like playing by your rules and some other country says... Yes, sir. So I'm yeah. gonna, uh, you know, exempt you from minimum headcount. Then he's going there. Yeah, which is exactly what the chairman says, and they, that's all. Okay, fine. You can solo clear dungeons, which is uh, that. What I'm hoping is now he can explore the dungeons and actually get some answers about the system. Maybe find that double dungeon again with the creepy smiling statue. Which I'm trying to see that guy again. You don't just drop that and not get yeah. back to the double dungeon. Yeah. So um, that's most of the important stuff from this chapter. The rest of it was <clears throat> this like uh, little slice of life thing with um, Jin Ho. Is it Jin Ho? I don't uh, know. Yeah, it, the, Jin Ho is like bimbo cousin. Yeah, the uh, the the sidekick bull who he's starting a guild with has a hot A rank cousin. Who joins the guild? The only thing that's funny about that is Hunter Cha getting so salty because she was so not salty. selected. Why? Did, I, what was Sung Jin Woo's thoughts about like why he wanted this bimbo chick in his guild and not? I don't Cha? know. She's a rank. Cha is S rank. S rank. Right. So I, I honestly yeah. I don't know. I would have to go. She didn't. Did she beat Beru when they did that sparring match? Because that no, was the, no Beru was about to kill her. Right. And, so and. and Sung Jin Woo had to be like, yo, fucking relax. Maybe maybe it's because, okay, the, the A-rank chick is like a PR person. I think that's probably more what it is. Yeah. He, he's like, he doesn't, he knows he doesn't want anybody in... In the dungeon. In the dungeon right. with him. So she, although being significantly worse as a hunter versus Cha... 
has more value because she can handle all the the PR shit or whatever, you yeah. know. Because he even says there's gonna be a lot of people around. Can you deal with that? And she's like, Yeah, I love it. That's my game. Yeah. So yeah. she she put a selfie up and it got two hundred thousand. Yeah. Reacts <laughs> on whatever this this world's version of Instagram is. All right. Can you at least tell me this? Are we done with this portion? Can we move? Is the story gonna start happening again? Because I feel like all the pieces are in place. He has his guild. He can do it solo. Let's go. Like, what are we doing? Listen, there's a bunch of cool shit that is going to be popping off pretty soon. But I cannot promise, pacing-wise, that it's going to be next week. I don't. I don't really know. You know. I, I'm in. I'm. I'm going to stick around. But I do hope it's sooner rather than later that we can get some shit. Because, you know, there's a lot to like about solo leveling. It's just in the last two months it has not been there for me yeah it's been a little slow the payoff is is good enough that yeah you know it's it's there and as you can sort of sense it's it's a pointed lull in the sense that you know he is not only setting up just dramatically to go from slightly boring chapters to big smack you in the face reveals but also setting the stage for those reveals with some of the sort of widening universe yeah. things that he's doing with these slower chapters that we got. But I I, <laughs> I feel what you're saying. These have not been the most exciting, especially when we compare them to some of the other yeah. manga that we're reading. With that right in now. mind, let's just move on. Do you want to do Boku next or Chainsaw Man? Up to you. Up to me? Let's do Boku next. Okay. We are Boku no Hero, My Hero Academia, Boku no Hero Academia, 286. 286. My main takeaway from this chapter, Deku looks evil, bro. Straight evil. Every panel he's in, he doesn't even look human anymore. He looks... He's got, like, fire coming out of his eyes and, and the horrible grimace and stuff. It... It... He was already really angry, and he, they were already doing this sort of, like, distorted face thing, but I think you hit the nail on the head. He, like, looks like a beast. Yeah. Especially in that, in that mm. like, you know, two or three pages into this, when you get the full double panel of him biting through that, like, whatever black... Yeah, he that was like, crazy. He looks like a wolf. Yeah. It, it's two, mm. two Hall of Fame panels this week, one in Boku and one in yeah. Chainsaw Man. We'll get to that. The first in Boku... Being that one where he's biting through that attack is so sick. So it's money. And okay, for now, Bakugo is still alive. He's speaking. He's talking. Uh, so He says, you don't have to do everything by yourself. Yeah. So it sheds a little bit of light on sort of, you know, last week it was just sort of flashbacky internal things that he was thinking. And it gives you a little bit of his sense of like yeah. what spurred him into action there. It's like my read on it was he... He has been, as we were discussing a bit last week, he's been the strongest his whole life, and now he's having to grapple with seeing Deku go into that, but also grapple with his own internal maturation, so it's not as much of an envy thing as it is like a, yo, I already learned my lessons about being the strongest and what what your outlook should be. So he sees Deku growing into his strength, and thinking, I'm going to save everyone. Yeah. And having been there before, reaching out to him and being like, look, dude, you don't have to do this by yourself. Right. 
Great. I, I love that. As we as we talked about the kind of duality of winning versus saving with regards to heroes, that's all well and good. That's not really the threat. Shoto comes, grabs Todoroki, or grabs Bakugo out of the air. So, by the way, the, the, the big thing there it, between Bakugo talking and Todoroki grabbing him is that uh, it doesn't look like he's going to die. Which which was a big question last week. Still could happen. It still could, yeah. He yeah. he like turned around and talked. Well, but he he I mean he could be bleeding out. I agree with you, but I don't think it's as clear cut from that. But I think yeah, he's probably mm-hmm. gonna live. Which ultimately, now that I've had to, some time to sit with it, I'm glad. I, as as much as I think narratively it would be interesting, I like Bakugo too much. I don't want him to die. Right. Uh, but then we get the real spicy shit in this chapter, which is. Uh, Shigaraki like wrestling with control for control with all for one who's like literally coming out of his body like a parasite and trying to overtake him and uh, then okay does he physically touch Deku and that's what takes them to that like dream world because if he touched him it's over right he gets all one for all I, I th- my read on that was that he wasn't trying to decay him the touch was. Right, he's trying to trying steal the to, quirk. But, but I thought it was instant, in touch, and it's over. It might be that way for every other one, but obviously there's some sort of spiritual, metaphysical battle that goes on for uh, one for all in this, like, spirit, mental, emotional dimension. Yeah. So Shigaraki is, is fighting with one for, for all for one, Saying like "fuck off," this is my fight. Let me have mm-hmm. control. And all everyone is saying, Are you, "No, you were gonna get roasted alive. I had to save you." Like, what? Yeah, don't be like that. Yeah. Uh, then uh, he gets him. He touches Deku, and they're no. That, that's the other way around. So he's still mm-hmm. fighting the 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 like you know charred to a crisp hybrid uh, all for one Shigaraki with with no power struggle in the air. They're fighting, they're fighting, it's it's vicious, it's vicious, but Deku's rage is, like, pouring out, and then, in the course of that battle, touches him, it goes into the, the spirit dimension, and there, oh. in the spirit dimension, All for One has, like, full, sort of, corporeal form, right. and they're having the power struggle there, and then Nanashimura shows up on the one-for-all side as Deku... Deku, who's not there as physically as... He has, like, yeah, he's, like, part of his body is obscured by, like, black smoke. She also says, you can't move around in this realm yet. Mm-hmm. So, like, let u- us handle this, which reads to me as, we're gonna see some of the other one-for-all holders, which would be great. Really cool. And also, it makes me think, is All Might? And he's still alive, so maybe he's not there, but... I would like to see full strength All Might again. That would be nice. Yeah, if that could happen within yeah. that realm. Yeah. But also, mm-hmm. goddamn man, like if if that's true and All Might has spent enough time there to do that or or whatever the qualifications are, uh, tell Midoriya yeah. about shit, bro. It, like, come on. At this point, it has to be he just. If it's true that he is just withholding all this information. I, I, yeah, what are you doing? We've been over this before. All Might, from a strategic standpoint, not the best steward of the most important power in the world. That's what makes me think he's just a chump and he just doesn't, for some reason, never got this information. Like, he's learning it just as Deku's learning it, which seems impossible to me, but there, I can't think of a single reason why he would withhold it if he did know. So I'm gonna 
say he just didn't know for some reason. But also, I'm going to say, I don't think he'll... I think this realm is for dead people. But no, All for One is alive. And he's in there. Yeah. It, there's all, a lot we don't know about this. Yeah. And it it's very interesting. It seems like a marked departure from the style and the feel of Boku as it's as it's been presented thus far to introduce spirit realm essentially like I, I don't think they've definitely laid out the framework for the the predecessors of one for all exist within Deku and they're they're conscious they can speak to him yeah, that's a whole another game too there's a a realm where yeah. people can be transported into but still be sort of like half you know, physical or whatever. That's that's like a whole different ballgame, at least from where I'm sitting. Well, okay. Uh, one for All came from All for One. So if, if, if One for All has this ability to hold on to the consciousness of its previous users, I could see something where All for One would also have that type of capability... And maybe they're linked. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm I, no. I, I that's I, I think that's that's perfectly it. Is that because both of these have this consciousness element A, and then B, they came from the same power. Everybody who's in that game can show up in yeah. the same place. That the, the most straightforward reading of it. That doesn't actually explain that much, and more needs to be fleshed out. But so it looks like next week we're gonna see maybe. All the one for all users, I would be shocked if we saw them all, but at least some of them fighting Shigaraki and, and all for one, which will be pretty cool, I think. Dude, I, I'm 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 ready for the, yeah. the spirit realm fight with like a, a team battle versus all for one. That would be awesome. Um I think uh also, you know, I'll I'll be hoping for a little bit more explanation on the one there's a couple panels closer to the beginning of the chapter that uh, said that power will come out the more that you rage. And as I was reading it, I was I thought it was assuming I thought it was referring to the one quirk, like the fourth quirk or whatever that had been scribbled out in the notebook and that, you know, all might seems to be keeping from Deku. But by the end of the chapter, maybe it means that like this realm is triggered by rage, but are you sure that wasn't they weren't spe it wasn't all for one speaking to Shigaraki? Like no, I I, I thought it was a uh, some flashbacky thing about quirks being awakened. I I t totally could be wrong though. Well, I don't know. I I I will have to do a reread because um, I'm not really picturing the panel you're talking about in my brain. Uh, but I think as as far as what we've been talking about, what you're saying tracks with the idea that there's a fourth, the fourth quirk was was violent and uh, rage based. So it would be cool if it if it popped off right now. It'd be pretty pretty nice. I don't know. I I I just want to see this cool fight in this dream world. As far as predicting what's going to happen next. Really, I don't know. I don't really have any more thoughts. Stuff is going pretty off the rails. Yeah. But I'm, I'm here for it. And it, listen, at the end of the day, it looks sick. It I looks amazing. I think Horikoshi is surpassing his limits, uh, <laughs> you know, as we're going here, because the the, the fights have just been marvelous to look yeah, at. Yeah, the, the like art is, is crazy. As you said, a Hall of Fame panel in this one for sure. 
That but, shit was sick. Yeah, really good. Really cool. It's just, it's so clearly, like, so much emotion from it. Even if there was no context, you know, this guy is very angry right now. It's really cool. Uh, one last small note from 286 was that we got a couple cutaway panels of the stuff that's going on in Jakku City, the, uh, the Uraraka gang, and the preparations for Gigantomachia, who's raging towards them. It really specifically showed Uraraka. Dude, we're moving closer to float him into space. <laughs> I, I, I want to get the, the Uraraka Gigantomachia bowl, but um, it, some more realistic part of me is thinking, no, it just showed a couple of really pointed panels of Uraraka because Deku is going through all this stuff. It's it's sort of like, a, you know, what of your human humanity your human relationships are you losing as you submit yourself to rage yeah i think that's a little bit more straight down the middle but i want to believe that, <laughs> that we're, we're getting this float gigantomachia into space fight it i think what you said is right but it could be both we, we could we could we could have the emotional weight and then also just float dude away let's hope let's hope it happens because uh, right now as things stand, as I said last week, I don't possibly see how the heroes win this day. So you gotta do something big to, to take Jigenomaki off the board. Turn the tides. Yeah, yeah, like, something has to happen. I don't phew. know. Well, we'll see. Should we move on? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, Chainsaw Man 87. Bingo. Boom. Now, one thing I want to say up top that I did not clock uh, was the Katana Bull was also in, when all the people appear on the rooftops, the katana uh, demon was one of them, which leads to the second thing, all of these people are weapon, weapon, weapon demons. Which is poppin'. It's poppin'. Is Quansha one too? Yeah. What does she turn into? It, it, it's like weird, it's got, it, it's got a bow and arrow element to it, but was also- Was she the like, one with like the whip things coming out of her head? No, I couldn't tell what that was. Was it, it that might have been whip. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I, it looked like the only one that wasn't very obviously a weapon devil. Yeah. Um, Quancha has, like, all these, like, it's like a bow and arrow type thing, but also something that almost looks like the steering wheel of a ship. Like, the uh, yeah. it's, it's pretty wild. But anyway, we get some more big lore dumps here from Makima. She says, uh, basically... Uh, the thing that these people are, like, you killed it and ate it so it doesn't exist anymore, but they still exist somehow. What, one small point of clarification here that leads to a question is that she said, you ate these devils, their names were erased, but for some reason they, their bodies... Were no, she didn't She didn't say you ate the devil. She said, literally, the thing that they are, like, the they're, they're like... In other words, it would be like if you ate the human devil. Like, the, the thing that... Whatever you would call them, he killed and ate that. So they don't have a title anymore. They don't have a name. But they're still here. Yeah, but also, we've established that when he does that, traditionally, it erases the referent from existence. Right. When you, erase, when you eat the Nazi devil, there's no more Nazis. Right. And uh, as you pointed out, there are still bombs in this world. Yeah. So uh, what's the deal? I don't know. Yeah. It's... it's Pretty weird. Yeah. She also then goes on to say, uh, you were fighting all these weapon devils, and then you just disappeared from the battlefield, and we didn't know what happened to you, so now we can resume the battle. Which, again, is very confusing, because that doesn't seem like something you would do to someone you worship. Seems like you're trying to kill them. Also, 
I would have assumed that Hero of Hell era Chainsaw Man is significantly stronger than Chainsaw Man right now, but that would seem to suggest that he's stronger now than he was back then because, like, disappearing from a battlefield, he just washed them. Yeah, he, he beat the snot out well, of Well, we only saw him, like, really work the katana bull. The rest of them are still somewhere, but yeah, at least from the this chapter, it seems like he. This is no contest. Makima even says, "Yep, looks like we're gonna lose this one." Pretty unwinnable. Yeah. Uh, so it, there's a lot of questions still, even as we're getting significantly more lore and backstory than we ever had prior to this. Yeah. The story's just been blown open so wide that there's every time you get a question answered, three more pop up. Right. Right now, kind of what I'm wondering is, like, is is Makama's endgame simply to defeat Chainsaw Man and in doing so become better than him and therefore be able to control him? Or is it something else? Like, I I I was operating under the assumption that he was in hell, and he was popping, and she worshipped him, and then something happened, and now he's weak, and she's like, oh, it's it's my time. But no, it doesn't seem like that. And she says a couple chapters ago, like, you know, Kishibe is like, well, what if he beats you and eats you? And she's like, that would be a great honor. Yeah. Maybe she really is uh, fine with either outcome, but it doesn't strike me as the way that her character operates. That, right, that's not control. Control is, no, I decide the outcome. Everything is according to my plan. There's no, well, whatever, we'll and go with the flow. She's She just still, in the entire course of this manga, has never been flustered. Never. Has never, she is completely fine. She has a smile on her face when she says, yep, looks pretty unwinnable. Yeah. So, what's going on? We still don't know. We still don't know what her angle is, but I am... Very, very hesitant to believe that she was telling the truth to Kishibe when she said, yeah, I'm fine with getting eaten. Or or she's fine because that also is part of her plan. Right, right. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'll i tell you what, though. I definitely am hoping that we get to see a little bit more of these mixes between these weapon devils. Yeah, it was a really short chapter. Yeah. It, it was a really short chapter, and I don't want it to just be okay, this looks pretty unwinnable, pulling the plug and going to the next part of the plan. Like, I want to see serially or all at once Chainsaw Man beating the brakes yeah. off of all these devils. You you can do away with the Katana Devil, and as much as I love Reese, we can do away with her too because I've seen him. Let me see these other guys scrap. Let me see what's up. Like, Quantra especially. I'm trying to see her do something cool. Her devil looks so cool. Yeah, they, really that's the other Hall of Fame panel. All the weapon devils jumping at Chainsaw Man in their in their weapon forms at once. It's sweet. It's popping. That is a, that is a popping panel. Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, one small question I had that it, it's really not going to be answerable right now is. There's one of the devils there that looks like the gun devil. Did she just, like, transplant the gun devil back into a different body? It's a dude with two revolvers he, as he, Yeah, he has, well, I don't know if they're revolvers, but definitely firearm arms. So. He, Maybe he has some, like, subtle variant of gun. Yeah, or... I, I, gun devil seems pretty generic. Seems pretty much like, I'm the, I'm the gun devil. Mm. But I don't know, we'll have to, I Does hope. Does that, that preclude the, you know... Existence of sub devils. I don't know. I mean, 
if you're afraid of a specific type of gun, does that create? I'm the AK-47 devil. Like, I don't. I don't know if there's any um, interactions like that categorically that we've seen across the devils. The most overlap I could think of is Eternity Devil and Future Devil. It's, yeah, it's still they're a little bit different. That's, but it's yeah. not exactly like a square rectangle type thing, like yeah. revolver to gun would be, or something like that. Yeah, I don't. It looked like so there was the bomb chick. There was someone who looked like whips, some kind of like wispy things coming out of the head. Um, the one who I thought was Angel, but I don't think is, did a finger gun motion before he transformed. So maybe that. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. There's. Seemingly two swords ones. Maybe one is dagger and the other is... Yeah, yeah. Well, one guy is katana. We know he's the katana devil mm -hmm. for sure. So, yeah, it could it be... It could just be long sword versus yeah. katana, something like that, probably. I don't really care. No, just... it's, <laughs> it's lit. Let me just... Show, show me the cool fights. We, yeah. We've had enough of the absurdity these last uh, two weeks prior to this that, like, you know... It's really game time, and like we were saying, I hope it doesn't get off screen much. This was a very short chapter, and listen, long leash, because it's been so good, you can go anywhere you want, but I just will be a little bit disappointed if we don't get the the fight that was so tantalizingly yeah. dropped in front of us Me here. too, but they've earned my they've earned my faith. They've earned my goodwill. I, I don't think that that's what will happen. Uh, let's, don't, don't disappoint me, Chainsaw Man. You've been so good so for so long. <sighs> yep, that's it. Okay, uh, should we move on to God of High School? Yes. I have a lot to talk about. Uh, There's I, always a lot to talk yeah. about with God of High School. Well, dude, I, I've been crushing the the webtoon. Like, I'm, I'm, I think, on, like, 150 now. So this introduces a good point. Before we get into God of High School 13, which was the anime episode that came out in the past week, um... We should talk a little bit about this, the Webtoon thing. As I said last week, I was not immediately overwhelmed with the desire to go crush it the way it seems like it yeah. has for you. No, it's, it's, I, I, the quality is lesser for sure, but I'm just so invested in the story that I don't, I don't care. I like, I like the world. I like the characters I'm in. I will say, dude. We've been talking about how crazy the the anime is, and the reason is because, like, by where I'm at in the story, they still haven't even gotten out of that pocket dimension. They're still fighting Jiggle Take, trying. He's like, "Give me the key," and that's like 150 or so. That Dang. <laughs> they're they're just smushing everything in. Like everything happens so quickly, and that's why it's it's so frenetic and so crazy. You can't you can't even keep up. Which brings me to, in episode 13, they just drop crazy exposition in, like, the last 20 seconds. And they're like, okay, you got all that? Ready? So that, that's got to be, you know, dropping all of that has to take you to, like, 250. Yeah, for in, sure. In the, in the <laughs> which is a little bit distressing for, you know, how, how many seasons is this going to go if you're chewing up 150 to 200 webtoon chapters every time you make a season yeah i but i'm not watching god of high school for that like i just the fights are are really what what the money is you know and, and they're nailing it like 13 was good it, it, it exceeded my expectations for the finale pretty much yeah. i can't speak for you well no absolutely one last meta note and then let's dive into the episode yeah. itself is that this is the finale of the first season right so 
it's not necessarily given. It seems very popular, so I can't imagine that they don't renew it, but I've said that about other shows, too, that don't get renewed, so... At the very least, they have heaps of source material, which is typically, you know, what they like when adapting. They're, they're clearly intending yeah. to run another season. That was not like, you know, they iced the big bad in basically the first half of the, of the episode and spent most of the second half um, establishing new stuff. Yeah. Which brings us to, let's, let's dive into it. Yeah. God of High School 13. Now, uh... The one thing, and I, I said this to you a couple times, but I, I want to reiterate it to our audience as well. Throughout the whole of the first season, Jin Mori is saying, I don't want to use borrowed power. I won't. And I just, I didn't get it. I didn't understand until I started reading the webtoon and I realized they're translating Chariok as borrowed power. So what he's saying is like, I don't want to use Chariok because that's someone else's power. I want to succeed on my own strength. And then at the end of this episode, tournament director San says his power isn't borrowed at all. Like in other words, he's he's a god. He's 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 not pulling from some other place. He is that, you know, which it, it clicked for me. I was like, oh, I I wish they would have made it more clear that Chariok equals borrowed power in the anime, because I just didn't get it until literally like the season was over. I didn't understand. I think it would there's so much in God of High School. Yeah. It, it like it would it would be worth a rewatch or at least a look back to particular <clears throat> points like where Chariok is first introduced because they may surely have said something yeah. to that effect. It's like impossible to to keep track of all this stuff. But for the most part, I agree with you. It's not that big of a deal though. You no. you, you get the thrust yeah. of it as it comes out anyway. It's just like that's that's like a key like emotional point for Jin Mori because I was like, why the fuck aren't you using Chariok, bro? Like, let's go. And I, it, you're right. It doesn't really matter. It's just. Well, also, the episode after he says, I don't want to use Chariok, he at least appeared yeah. to use Chariok, so, like, whatever. But uh, this episode opens with, you know, the fight against uh, baby angel, god, Jiggle, yeah. god form, Jiggle take. And, uh, you know, Davey's like, yo, we should probably hightail it, bro. This, yeah. this guy is god form, and he, you know, Jiggle takes us not so fast. You, you're fighting me now. And we get an absolutely pop in team battle yeah it really just, cool the animation just with every 20 seconds just keeps ratcheting up they it's really so good they they dropped their budget on this episode you can tell at least the first half because the fights are amazing super fast the cameras moving around in big circles around them as they're popping off these massive team attacks like yeah something that doesn't happen in Naruto until. Uh, uh, sorry to keep chiming on on the failings of Naruto. I, I just it could have been so much. Yeah. Uh, something you never get in Naruto uh, until the end of the series is like a really satisfying, cool Team Seven yeah. combo attack. End of the first season, God of High School, like combo team attack, sweet animation. Everybody's you know throwing in cool stuff. That was sweet. Yeah. It's it's. Exactly what I come to the show for is show me zesty techniques, animate them well, make it look cool. I'm trying to be wowed. And they wowed me. It was it was really fun to watch. The other thing is that the, the battles are are paced really well and maybe even too fast. You know, this is the big bad and it took the first half of an episode for them 
to beat it. I really have no problem with it. Yeah, I don't but, either. Like, I the the inverse, the Dragon Ball Z style, where it takes 50 episodes of charging your attack, I do not fuck with at all. I prefer this, honestly. I would have liked to have more, but I also understand in a practical sense how much money and time and effort is involved in, in mm -hmm. making that, so... Short, sweet, yeah. and awesome yeah. is a great sort of setup for fights. So, we get the team fight. And then, you know, it's not looking great, and they're still trying to basically hightail it. And Jago Take says, nah uh again. And Zeus red thunderbolts Dewey in the back, which ended up not seeming like that big of a deal. Like they, they made yeah. a big deal out of it in the moment. Like, yo, did he just like kill Dewey? And then he was. Well, like, he, uh, Jin Mori also does the, the full restore on everyone. But no, 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 they're fighting the he's, thing. He's yeah. fighting two yeah. things. Maybe he hit himself with the water healing yeah, shark, yeah. I guess. Um, but after that, so Dewey's out of the picture for two seconds, and he's, you know, Jake will take has demonstrated his god form is truly nothing to be fucked with. Then we get the Jin Mori awakening. Yeah, he, he activates Jesus mode. Literally Jesus mode. He gets a halo, and his eyes turn super bright blue. And... I will, Noibo, is that the name of his staff? Yeah. That shit is awesome. Shit he, is sweet. He has a staff that can grow to the size of a massive pillar that's like a skyscraper. They, they teased it a little bit in the in the Chariok Awakening, or not Chariok Awakening, that he had during the tournament versus Ilpio. It was sort of like a, like a translucent see-through staff yeah. in his hand, and now we see its true power. So the deal is... It's not Chariok. He's like the reincarnation of some guy, something ten Tensei. Is that right? Uh, I'm blanking on his name. What is it? What is it? Say it louder, Graham. Satan Tensei. That's our other roommate, Graham. Okay, so Jin Mori is is I guess the reincarnation of this bull, and the way that we know that is because tournament director San says his power is not borrowed. He's a living god, so that's pretty cool. Now my question is. What is his relation to Ilpio and the key? Ilpio is the key? No. Ilpio is the key's guardian. Who is Jin Mori? Yeah, so we he as this power is awakening, he uh it, it's triggered maybe by him staring at Jiggle Takes God form. He, he's like staring into space and then he has this like flashback realization that is the same flashback realization sort of thing that occurs during the tournament to this, like, scroll setup kind of thing. Like, this, it seems like the retelling of an ancient tale. It looks like when they're telling the story of the fox. Yeah. Um, and when it, oh, when it happened the first time, you just see a tiny little glimpse of this, like, sort of sage figure with a staff. And this, this time, it's not fleshed out at all, but, like, sort of it, the focus is on there's a sage figure with the staff. And then we see this, like, cut to, cut to like, a vassal saying to a dude who ends up looking exactly like Jin Mori's awakened god form or whatever, sir, the preparations for the attack are complete. And he's like, no, we're doing it now. Yeah. And he, like, like sends Noibio down to Jin Mori. It looks like. Is that what you what you thought? Okay, I thought that was Jin Mori. Flashback, right? Jin Mori is this person, so he's remembering. Because in that flashback, he's like, "Okay, we're gonna go to war," and then Bull stands up from his throne. Is like, "Men, don't even worry. Like, I I got this, you know." And that's that's when 
Jin Mori gets the halo and the staff, and and he's he's in God mode. Now, what? Who is that? I I, I don't know. There's still yeah, it was it was hard for me to, to to pick up on, but my reading of it as I was seeing it happen is that was not a flashback. It was like simultaneous, and it was that dude sending the staff to oh. Jinmori. So so Jin Mori is not that guy. He's just like channeling him. But that would be Charyok. That would be borrowed power. I don't know. I don't know. Regardless, maybe that's the holy realm. And no, the the holy realm is like that pocket dimension that tournament director sure, sends but them that to. Guy, that guy could be there. That's true. That's true. I don't know. Yeah. Regardless, he pops off. He has his uh, staff that can grow to infinite size or sh or shrink to a normal staff, and he starts working Shark Boy, beating the brakes yeah. off of this dude. Really, really cool fight. Like this is this is the best animated fight in the show, and that's really saying something. They they blew their wad on this one, which was great. It's saying something because there's a lot of great animated it, consistently. Every episode yeah. has like high effort, you know punch for punch being thrown type of fights not just like i'm sitting here and kicking a dragon at you and you're punching a wall of light at me and they're gonna explode and then the smoke clears and we'll see who won it's always like these punch for punch fights rotating camera angles like significant effort being put into these fights and this just ratcheted it all yeah. up to 11 not just taijutsu they're like Jagle Take is busting out his giant demon statues. There's a part where they go like light speed and it's just like flashes of light. Really cool. The coolest thing, he uses his staff to like infinite grow, shoot the dude up in the air, and then he runs along the staff as it's growing and bops him. Very awesome. It was sweet. It was sweet. And, uh, at, so, you know, he's, he's like combo punching him, running up the still growing staff way up into the sky. Bops him down, and then that said, "This one's for my man Ilpio, who you've done significant wrongs yeah. to." And he has already knocked him to the ground and does like a massive meteor light kick down from the from the heavens, just like yeah. crazy. And then his finisher, <laughs> pretty fucking sweet. He does the storm summon. Just makes a massive cyclone, like a like a regional globe scale cyclone, and whops him like five times. Yeah, be gone with the thunderclap. That's it. Boom, boom. Jana. Yeah, uh, which is great. Uh, but then I will say we get a little bit of an eye roll from me because uh, Jake will take. He's defeated, but then his grudge is such that he turns into like a demon, like you do when you're full of rage. Yeah, and, second and then, health bar. Yeah. But then we get like a a friendship montage as they they beat this dude. It's yeah. like complete awful soundtrack. Yeah, too. like like just just a really unnecessary moment. It's, it, I almost don't know why they did it because then the re like the last five minutes of the episode is exposition exposition like. You could have taken that whole second half for exposition. Instead, we get they reuse the same backgrounds and and things from the fight with uh, Jin Mori and Jiggle Take. So mm -hmm. it's clear that they're like this is like the B team. Like they blew their wad on the first fight and they're just recycling. Which I don't have anything against except why do you need this fight? Like Jiggle Take is defeated. Why does he have to turn into a blob monster just so Ilpio can get some some work in? Yeah, I you know I was gonna ask a question about the the conclusion of that fight, which is that uh, Mori like does his dragon kick at it 
it sort of locks jaws with this devourer beast, and then the beast turns to stone. He sends two more dragon kicks at it, and the dragons, like, go through the stone and bust it to a million pieces, done, finally defeated. <clears throat> but uh, I was going to say, because as it starts turning to stone, John Jason, who's, like, lying on the ground dying, smiles. And I was wondering if John Jason turned the beast to stone so that Jin Mori could defeat it, or if he's just proud of Jin Mori's mastery of whatever that is allowing him to beat it. But I don't really care. Yeah, it's, it, it, they they already won. Right. Uh, like, it's it's the second half of the fight is like they're literally, they literally all walk arm in arm. Let's go do it, guys! And then they and, again, the soundtrack is so god awful. It's, it's like, pretty garb. It's pretty garb. And I don't really understand why they did it, but whatever. I mean, it's nice. They did do some more team attacks, which is cool. I, I like I like Dewey. I like to see him bot people. Equally but, unnecessary and bad was uh, the like chibi denouement of yeah. of the that that scene. You know that she's gonna be a recurring character too, which is just like ugh, okay. Yeah. So after that, Jiggletake is fully defeated. Then. Um, another, so, okay, what I'm taking from this, and we'll get more into this in a second, uh, they keep making reference to pulling gods out of their realm, so I don't think it's, it, and like, the, the Nox people have a god, I think it's like, there's like an eldritch realm where all these things live, and, and through discipline and work, you can pull them into the human realm and, and then do something. Jin Mori is one. Another one shows up. One of the six. This you know big buff woman, um, and she says, "I'll grant your wish." What? What's your wish? Which team? You blew it the, on the wish front. Two of them just say, "No wish for me." Yeah. If I'm Dewey, I say, "No." You give me my fucking wish. At least you give me half of a wish. Like we're deciding on what the wish is, but no, they just give it to Jin Mori. Like literally. There's so many other things that, you know, you want a new iPhone? Like, yeah. <laughs> she says, the only thing I can't do is bring someone back from the dead. Anything you want, you can have. But of, of yeah. course, he says, well. End world peace. Yeah. Uh, you know, end, er, end world peace. End world <laughs> hunger. World peace. Uh, the, the first thing Jin Mori says is like, I want my grandfather back, which, side note, I, I don't understand the emotional investment in the grandfather. The grandfather abandoned him when he was six. So he hasn't seen him in ten years, and also he abandoned him. Why is he so insistent on getting him back? You know what I mean? I don't... I Whatever. But then Jin Mori, being the hero that he is, he says, no, don't bring me my grandpa. Let's let's do the, the full restore on everyone who was injured. So... And again, as you pointed out, he brought back, like, basically three limbs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is the extent of his... Four limbs, I guess. Uh, that's the extent of his magnanimity when given, a, like, seemingly, you know, open-ended, Here, here's your wish, take it and run. How about, you know, just, like, snap your fingers and bring soul back to yeah. what, the way it was, like, you... earlier in the day before it just got massively destroyed. There's a massive refugee crisis because 25 million people don't have a city to live in anymore. Thanks, Jin Mori, for nothing. Yeah, not your fault that it happened, yeah. but you were just given a silver bladder to, to fix everything. <laughs> and you could say, you know, bring everybody back and, and they all get $5 million. Restore everything <laughs> to the way it was yesterday. And Boom. It, like... 
restore all that, and that you're just, you know, just as a bonus, everybody with Alzheimer's doesn't have Alzheimer's yeah. anymore. <laughs> like, you, you, got, you got the power, man. Yeah. What's with this? Think Regardless, he makes his wish. The woman says, I used up all my power. Now she's in chibi form, which I roll, but whatever. Oh, by the way, tiny detail about that woman. Introduces herself as the progenitor of mankind. Oh, that's right. Yeah, well, that's why she's one of these gods. Yeah. And one of the six also. Which she, is an interesting, you know. Yeah. Uh, duopoly, dichotomy, whatever you want to call it there, that, like, the rest of the six seem very human. But very powerful. Super powerful. Yeah. Super powerful. Yeah. Eh. Um, the old man acupuncturist dude seems like a step down from some of the shit that well, he, uh, in, homeless guy and John Jason were. were he, he trained Jin Mori, so I think he is probably powerful. But maybe yeah. we just don't well, see. Maybe he's super old right also, now. Also, they they say in that scene like, "Have you figured out your feelings for like that that girl who's the progenitor of humankind?" I so, think that was just a com- comedic relief. Oh, the like, brothers just roasting him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Okay, but regardless, she's in chibi mode, and this is where literally with five minutes left, we get so much exposition. Boom! 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 boom yeah, boom, it's boom, like. Boom. All the exposition they did not give you through the season, they're giving it to you now. And, and okay. So we got... Humans can now kill gods. Right, no. Humans can kill gods if they have the key. The key is the thing that allows them to pull gods into the human realm and kill them, to break the taboo. So the key has been scattered, I guess, because it was in Jagletag. Jagletag is dead. Yeah, we saw when Jagletag died, there's, like, sort of wisps of things yeah. separating into the atmosphere. So, Ilpio, who is the key's guardian, so which answers my question, the fox is not the key, because he still has the fox power, but now he has to go on a fetch quest and yeah. collect all the pieces of the key. Apparently also fond of Instagram is, is Ilpio. Yeah, well, listen, I mean, you're traveling the world. You're yeah, he's tra- traveling yeah. vlogging while he does his <laughs> key quest. You gotta set up multiple hustles. You can't beat the snot out of everybody as a life lifestyle forever. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. okay. So we got that. We got uh, Jin Mori is like some, some kind of god thing, right? And then we have... Uh, did I forget anything there? Uh, well, so simultaneous quest for Jin Mori is that he has to go to the place of this uh, whatever god that he is to go yeah. figure out more about his powers. Right, right. Then we get um, tournament director San. <laughs> this made me laugh so hard. It was such a hard left turn. He's like, we have to run for president. What? You have to be the president? <laughs> okay, good. I'll, I'm with it. And the reason is because the Knox guy just, like, bought a mega corporation. So they're like, the only way to balance out corporate power, we have to achieve public office. But cool tournament director, son, he's, like, turning around in his director's chair, looking out over the city from, you know, from his, his guy's character. He's like, we have to run for president. It's got the same <laughs> vibe as the, like, we have to steal the declaration. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh. All right, okay. man. Like, yeah, great. Running for president, but as you mentioned, it's you know in in, in specific counter to the fact that Knox has done some significant. We we have no context. It's just a handshake on a stage. Yeah, but it seems very important, and the Knox guy is smiling easily. So, and he's wearing a suit and not his weird cult robe anymore. So he's he's serious. They, go, they business went mode. legit. Yeah, 
Which honestly, if you're gonna be an evil empire, like that's the way to do it these days. You don't have to have a cult. You just have a lot of money, and you can yeah. buy politicians. So uh, yeah. you know, uh, cults are fun too. But cults, <laughs> yeah. Listen, cults are fun. We're not gonna yeah. say they're not fun. And but... there's there's nothing saying that he he disbanded the cult side. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's got a sort of a friendlier front. If now. I learned anything from that Nexium documentary, it's that having a successful business with a cult in it <laughs> can be comorbid. Yeah, that's that's. It's nice. Um, <laughs> con- the- convivant, right? Con- convivity. It's not yes. comorbid. You don't want your organization to die. All right, whatever. No, I'm- okay, whatever. Uh, the last thing we see in the episode, uh, Jin Taijin, the grandfather, is in jail. The Knox cultists say he's a precious sacrifice. Uh, and then he, Jin Taijin is like smiling to himself and saying, like, Oh, Jin, you're strong. You can defeat the gods and fate and even me. And that's where the season ends with, like, his evil smile. And as you pointed out, which I think is right, they're going to use him as a sacrifice to summon another one of their god things who Jin Mori will have to fight next mm-hmm. season, maybe? Yeah, or maybe by the end of next season. Yeah. But it, when he says, you'll have to defeat me, my read on it is, like, you'll have to look my body in the face and defeat me, but you're really going to be fighting whatever god they're trying to summon. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, that control. smile was pretty evil. Like, it definitely got got bad guy oh, vibes. I thought I, I got a grimace from that. Like, he was, like, baring his teeth through the pain of being hung up against the wall of the prison. Uh, yeah, I get, okay, it could be that. I don't, I don't know, I just... But the, the, there's a lot of wild stuff going on in this show. Earlier, earlier in the episode, uh, the tournament director, San, said, uh, Jin Taijin, what have you brought here? Yeah. You know, there, there's a, a tiny little bit of stuff to suggest, you know, maybe not everything's on, on the super up and up with, with Jin Taijin. Yeah, well, he definitely, I think he he knows, like, Jin Mori is not his actual grandson. He just knows that he's this god thing, and so he was uh, trying to achieve some end. I don't know. Everyone constantly talks about how strong he is and how much of a monster he is. So I'm, I'm putting my chips on he's a, he's a bad guy. At least that's the vibe that I got. I'm going to read more of the webtoon and we'll see, but uh yeah, it that did not read like a grimace to me. We'll see what happens though. I mean, I'm I'm hoping there's a second season. The second season will encompass the, the remaining 300 issues of the webtoon in 10 episodes. <laughs> Jesus. Oh my god. It's so funny. So, a couple couple of closing notes. One is we uh get actual confirmation that um Jin Mori slash, I already forgot the name. Graham, what's the name? Seiten Tensei. Seiten, no, Seiten Tensei. Tensei. No, Tensei is what Pain does. That's his jutsu. Listen, we're hitting above our weight class here. Um, the uh, we get confirmation that he is the Monkey King, Sun Wukong. Um, yeah, you know, so they're they're delving into a like a pretty established mythological lore i'm excited to see what sort of monkey king powers he has the uh the weather control that's that's a monkey king thing yeah and the staff too um yeah transformations are usually something that right, monkey the, king powers have the so. monkey king is like a trickster type god so he yeah should have some kind of shape-shifting or something like that um it, it'll be cool to see the way that they develop like what monkey king powers he has um and there's, I, th- I thought there was one other thing I was going to try and discuss. 
I, but I, it's 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 so wide open. Yeah. Um, Are you interested in continuing? Like, I'm going to read the webtoon, but for the purposes of this show, are you at all interested? This let's this week will be the test. Let's say right now we will begin discussing uh, the webtoon next week, like, however much I read. Yeah. But if I never end up reading that, yeah, I mean, that's it's, it's going to be the same. It's it, okay. It, we, we, both, we basically have arrived at that with Jujutsu Kaisen. You know, we started this with the idea that we would be discussing Jujutsu Kaisen at some point, and maybe yeah, we will. The but. anime just started, so at least I'm gonna run that. But yeah, Jujutsu Kaisen didn't really, uh, it didn't really grab me. I I will eventually power through because I started it, and I you know it's why not? But yeah, we'll. we'll it didn't see. really grab Dylan, yeah. and thus far I haven't even put anywhere close the amount of effort into the webtoon as Dylan has put into. Jujutsu Kaisen. The initial returns were not that great. Yeah. The one thing that I... I Dylan showed me on his laptop a panel where the... Uh, in the anime, it was just like some faceless military commander that said, No, yeah. we need to nuke Korea. But in the webtoon, it's literally like a yes we can ask background Obama. Yeah. Like Obama standing there on a platform, pointing into the sky and going, New Korea. Yeah. I, I, I was with that. That's something that doesn't happen in, in actual manhwa. When, when you have to clear, like, whatever corporate, you know, censors there are or whatever, that's not happening. But some dude in his room can absolutely yeah. say, I'm drawing Obama ordering this nuke strike. Yeah, that was great. Now, even if we don't uh, do the webtoon more, don't fret because we have heaps of episodes that we're going to be doing. A lot of one-shot discussions and and deep dives uh, into, you know, things that we might not talk about on a weekly basis. But we consume a lot of manga, so there's a lot of things to discuss. Don't worry. Now... And as always, if there's anything coming out on a weekly basis that we... There's no reason we shouldn't be covering. You're like, dude, you read X, Y, and Z. Why don't you read this? Right. Uh, Fire Force comes to mind. You know, it's a serialized manga yeah, yeah. that's coming out right now that I absolutely want to catch up with and probably discuss on here. Just haven't yet. Yeah. So there will be more stuff coming in the future that we'll add or we'll discuss after. For sure, for sure. Now, last thing. We lucked out, because last week we talked about Great Pretender, and then pretty much the next day we discovered there's another season to watch. It's yeah, it came out in Japan, yeah. not on Netflix in America. That won't stop us. Netflix we'll find Japan. a way. Yeah. Now... I have to tell you, so we're not done. I think we're on episode four or five. There's nine in this season Mm -hmm. instead of five. But so far, I really have mixed feelings. And here is why. There is pretty much one thing that you can do in fiction to make you irredeemable in my eyes, and that's fuck with children. If you hurt children, there's no coming back for you. And that's the whole thing. This whole season is about child sex rings. And more specifically, uh, Makoto being involved in (laughs) child sex rings, which... It certainly has steered the show in a slightly darker tone. Much darker. the first three seasons. But I will say, for my part, I think it's really good. I'm I'm very invested. Oh, I'm invested. It's just that I... At the end of season three, I was like, I love these characters. Now I kind of hate these characters. At the very... Laurent and Makoto... Makoto specifically, for a number of reasons. A, number one, 
his father was a sex tra- not only was his father a sex trafficker, he was a sex trafficker at the same company that he's now working at. So it's like, they made such a point being like, I don't want to be like my father, but then li- how, you were him. You're Well, not to, not to get too far into the plot because I don't want to get bogged down in particular plot points, especially in this anime while we've only watched four because the entire rug could get pulled out right. from us in the next episode. But where we're at right now, he is actively participating in this because he got his reality like beaten senseless and yeah, but he was e- entirely broken. Even even before that, right? He's like, I'm going straight uh, again. He gets a job at this company and and he discovers, because they go on like a business trip, that they're purchasing children in Vietnam. At that point, you say, okay, bye. I'm, I'm done with this now. But that's not what he does. He just keeps doing it. And he's like, yeah, this is bad. Like, Double's advocate, Lawrence says to him, he... he Gets on the phone, he's like, I don't think I can do this job. And Lauren says, that's fine, you can leave. But after seeing that, don't you want to take this down? So yeah. he's there with, until the breaking point where he, he like, has a new mommy. It, it, it got a little weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, until that breaking point, he's there with the intention, I'm going to, at the very least, bring this corporation to its knees and ideally rescue these specific kids that I've seen and was part party to abducting. Yeah, yeah, maybe. You got to think the end of this season is going to resolve with they rescue the kids. It's it's you hope, right? But it's just they're just all so fine with allowing this to happen because it's even like they 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 do this scam where they pose Abby as a princess. They bilk this company out of a fuck ton of money. And they're just going to leave. They're going to leave the kids behind. They're not going back for those kids. They only go back because Makoto is like, we got to rescue these kids. Yeah, I mean, the company paid like a billion dollars for, for... A billion yen. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's still a lot, but... Yeah, I mean... It, it's, it's pretty indefensible. Yeah. It, like, I think Lauren is a little bit more messed up in this scenario because I, I consider him and Makoto both in the gray zone of like it's hard for me to 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 cast a moral judgment on it when you have the ostensible aim of dealing a blow to this company you know you're participating in it to make money but also to deal a blow to the company but however that plays out especially with the end of it where they're about to leave and leave the kids there although they're fine with it. It's not like they're like, get in the van, Makoto. We're, we're leaving yeah. the fucking kids. They're like, oh, Makoto, you're doing your actually having morals thing. Okay, go get, go grab them. Um, added on to that, Laurent is, again, manipulating and exploiting the past trauma of the other people in the group. Yeah, not cool. He sees he, no problem with now multiple points of Makoto's mm-hmm. life leading him into believing that he has a normal life and then just saying, oh, yeah, I engineered everything for you to be... That's fucked to begin with. Don't do that to people. And then B, this time, you really got it. You didn't manipulate him into thinking he was going straight and then, oh, you're in the con game again. He manipulated him into thinking he was going straight. 
you're in the child sex trafficking yeah. game that your dad got arrested and you have right. a ton of complexes about. Not only are you in the child sex trafficking game, you're working at the exact same company that your father worked at. So you literally, you are him. You're, you've become the thing that you despise. I, I, I pity Makoto and I look at Lauren and I say, I, I, you better show me some shit in your backstory to make me feel bad for you or else. You, that's, that's the other thing. You know, we, we hypothesized that this season would be the Laurent backstory season. The opening title card features Laurent on it with a casting a shadow of a woman. The, so the second half of it absolutely has to be, is. right? We, we get the, the sort mm -hmm. of, uh, you know, Northern Lights thing flashback and then this backstab backstory where we see him stabbing we get his like childhood so it's established it hasn't been flushed out as far as like motives yeah you know character arc or anything like that but it's 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 there i, th I think i was jumping on a little bit if you were going to arrive at the point of this is supposed to be the lauren arc but it hasn't fully been the yeah. lauren arc yet it's so far he's he's basically been a non-entity in the first four episodes we there's a couple flashbacks but yes, yeah, so far, mostly the plot has been uh, Makoto is working at this child sex trafficking ring. They do this scam where they pretend to kidnap Abby and sell her as a princess. And then, uh, like plot twist, Mako they're in a turf war with a Chinese gang. And their interpreter is Makoto's father, who's still alive. And, uh, oh my god, I totally forgot. He, he goes to confront his father. He's like, what... There, so we live like right on a like a fairly main street, which is awesome. It's it's nice because we have a front porch and you know we can sit on the front porch and people watch and there's like a reasonable degree of foot traffic and stuff like that. You know it's like a soothing sense of like minor bustle in front of our house. It sucks because it's it's on a hill and people that drive up the hill see it as the opportunity <laughs> to gun their cars, motorcycles, yeah. etc. So we're even sitting in our basement that's like 90% soundproof, sheltered from the street. People will just like, yeah. and, and it, you know, we have the, the sound live from the mics going into our headphones. So <laughs> there, there's this just like moment of pause as vroom, this shit runs by. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Anyway, yeah. So, uh, Makoto confronts his father because he, he sees him when they're at this meeting with these Chinese uh, gang people. And the father's like, you're right. I fucked up. I abandoned you. And then he, fu he fucking betrays them immediately. He turns around and says, oh, sorry, I, I sold you out. <laughs> Here's the thing. I, I feel like we should head this conversation off a little bit because you still don't even know 100% for a fact that he's a shithead. We, right now, he's a child sex trafficker. That you can't, you can't be a good person and sell children. I'm sorry, I'll say it. Until, until we, until the dust completely settles on this, and and you know, I, I know for a fact that the season is over. I can't cast any judgments because they constantly are pulling the rug out from under you in this show. Yeah, well, which is why I'm, I'm going to say I think while it's good to talk about the the developments that we've seen thus far, I you know. It does not do to to conjecture too much about what's gonna happen next or or the way we feel about the characters right now because the entire thing could be flipped on itself. What we feel about the characters, fine. What's gonna happen next? No. We should talk about it. Are yes. are Abby and Cynthia dead? Betting man says no. Yeah, you because the father Makoto shot the father in the stomach. He fell off the boat, and then at the end of the episode, he's back. He's like, we gotta talk. I'm, mm. But I, they did. They did. 
get me once with that trick in the first season. I thought Lauren and Abby were dead. To do it twice feels like a little bit of an ass pull. Especially because this season seems to have darker themes. Yeah. You know, like... And at- actual... Like, bro, if, if you broke the main character's mind and made him have a psychosexual meltdown where he now has a new mommy... Right, so what Jake is referring to is they're on this boat. They get uh, captured doing this scam with Abby because the uh, Makoto's father sells them out. So uh, uh, they sh- they say, okay, Makoto, shoot your two friends and you can live. And they go, listen, bro, do it. We're not even friends. Like, we don't give a fuck about you. It's, I would have shot you already. He still hesitates. Boom, the friends get shot off the boat. Then... Uh, they say, okay, well, that sucked for you, so as recompense, we'll let you kill your father, which he does do that. He shoots his dad off the side of the boat, and then he's just fucking broken. And then the old woman, like, leader of the the Japanese company that he's working for is like, yeah, new mommy, I'm gonna nurse you back to health. And then the next time we see him, it's two months later, and he's, like, her assistant. Uh, like, not just, like, kind of helping, he's running the child auctions, you know? He's literally in the room with the yeah. kid saying, smile, smile, yeah. you don't, don't want to get the backhand, do you? In the first episode, we see a different guy doing that job, and Makoto looks at him and is like, this fucking guy. Like, And then, cut to four episodes later, Makoto is that guy saying the same thing, like, smile, like, we want people to buy you, like, look look happy. Don't make me... Yeah. Don't, I'm going to have to put them in cages they can't see through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty messed up, but like we were saying before, you know, I just this, this entire show is setups and reversals. So I I agree, but child sex trafficker is so hard to come back from, man. Like how will, how will he wriggle his way out of this one? It's 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 one thing to say I'm I am tortured by this, but I have to do it in the short term to destroy the company. That's bad, but I ultimately okay. I can maybe get on well, board. There's a bit of a Stockholm <clears throat> syndrome thing going on here to consider as far as how much do you consider Makoto responsible for his actions right now if he got entire like essentially brainwashed. He, listen, a lot of bad things happen to him. Certainly, my personal ethics. There's never an acceptable reason for being involved in that. As I said to you, and you even said, shut up, we get it. But, like, it's just so hard for me to get past. Like, I can't empathize with you anymore because you're... Yeah, we were watching We were watching these episodes, and Dylan's like, oh, man. He's, he, he, uh, they're doing child sex. I'm like, yeah, dude, we're all watching this, bro. They're doing <laughs> child sex. Let's see what happens next, man. Like... Yeah, and I, I, I get what you're yeah. saying. I get you're, what you're, you're saying. right, of course. It's just it's just a very hard pill for me to swallow. But give it to the show because again, they're doing things that I was not expecting. I thought this was gonna be another fun adventure. The thing is, save it for the end. It yeah. it's only a very hard pill to swallow if they try to do a happy go lucky, you know, everything's cool finish. Yeah. If the finish is a bit of a melancholy thing, like, man, this all turned out, but look what I've become, sort of thing. Yes, that, then all right. that's, I, which I seems like with the tone of everything, especially with the, sort of a themed progression of, like, Makoto becoming Laurent, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's an innocence and experience type of story, then 
I, I don't think it's uh you know oh man I can't I, I can't deal with this I can't yeah. rehabbing child sex or, no they're not rehab they're telling a story about what happened you're you're right you games. you are right of course I'm I'm gonna stick it out to the end and I will contain my my bad feelings we'll see what happens I will say in the positive note in one of the flashbacks Laurent cult leader Laurent with long hair like You're homeless sick. he looked nice see that was yeah. a cool fit I was He's really sweet. vibing with it yeah, the the first four episodes have. Not really advanced and maybe <clears throat> taking a step back on the Lauren is gay for Makoto. Yeah, theory. I think I think I'm pretty much in the camp of he might be bisexual, but he looked like he was really yeah. It's it absolutely if anything bisexual. Yeah, but um, he definitely likes women, or maybe not. Maybe he's just a consummate con man and he understands that having hot chicks around gives you a certain level of access to people. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but I, I think I think that that's it. I you know I yeah. almost actively don't want to talk anymore about it because no, I, I agree. It, it feels like running in circles when so, you know you're just <laughs> it's just gonna get turned on you. Very last order of business. This is episode six, and what we had discussed is once we reached that point, we were gonna up our our outreach. So moving forward, we do have an Instagram and an email, but they've been pretty much inactive. But starting tonight, we're gonna set up a. Tw- well, I'm going to put Jake in charge because he's much uh, savvier with that. But we're going to have a Twitter, all that kind of stuff. And we're going to start uh, being on subreddits related to all of these shows and, and things. All that to say, uh, we want to talk to you. We're going to be hitting full steam, like uh, reaching out, trying to trying to get more engagement. So if you have something you want to say to us, definitely email us, write us. Uh, we're going to be trying to post more. If you have ideas for things you want us to talk about, a- anything, like just, just yeah, hit us up. I, I'm going to set up a Twitter for sure and a couple of other things, you know, the normal stuff. But if there's some medium that you think we should be on and we're not or yeah. there's stuff we want to talk about, uh, hit up our email, which is... Theweeklyspate at gmail.com. And our Instagram is the weekly spate, no spaces, no anything. The logo is our our logo, the two of us in black and white. Shouldn't be too hard to find. I'm pretty sure we're the only one. Uh, you can always visit our anchor profile, which will keep updated with uh, all the links to the rest right. of our social media. And as we make the rest of the social media, we'll start doing some shout outs at the end of the episodes with the actual at tags that you can visit right exactly so look out for that we have a lot more content coming in the future because as we said uh, we have a lot of episodes we're planning we have a very big one piece episode in the works that i'm excited about we have a samurai episode we have a couple one shots i want to talk about berserk at some point Mm -hmm. so we have a lot to do so stay tuned for that because there's always more there's always more uh in closing pray for oda let's get out of here uh go eagles go eagles let's go (laughs) 